0: Tech Talk underway on a Saturday, and here's the deal. Doug Swin the Heart is in, and if you're having problems with your computer, hardware, software, whatever, feel free to call the program, uh, and there's a couple of ways to do it. You can send your text to 651-461-9226, or you can call the studio and visit with producer Carrie Klatt, and she'll put you through to us. Six five one four six one nine two two six is the number on a sunny Saturday in the wake of this snowstorm here on News Talk E three O W C C O. Doug, I hope you're well.
2: Oh, absolutely, Steve. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, good to visit with you. And uh, let's get to uh, the text line right away out of the gate. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, about installing multiple operating systems? On an M2 SSD. um What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, number one, I'm not familiar with M2, but SSD, solid state drive.
2: Yeah, I think what they're talking about when they're talking about the M2 is the NVMe drives. These are them fast little buggers. Man, if your computer is capable of booting to that, rock and roll. Now, if it's not capable of booting to that, you can buy a little card at Amazon and run it right off of your PCI slot for a video card, and have and these cards come with two. You could have one that's a, a normal SSD, and then the NVMe, which is like super fast. And creating multiple boot machines, I think, is an absolute plus. I think people should all do that. I, I run them all. I have Mac, Linux, Windows, and I have specific... Desires or specific things that I do with with a Mac that you can't do with Windows and same with Linux and the same with Windows So yeah having multiples I really I encourage that if you're willing to take the time and learn how to do it um, I like to have Linux as the base because that controls the boot sector But absolutely I would encourage that to the to the nth degree again If it's a production machine a machine that has to be running all the time or you need stability I wouldn't be playing around with dual boots until you know absolutely for certain what you're doing. But once you start playing around, it comes pretty quick. Take your take your knowledge up a notch. Kick it up. It's well worth the time and effort. That's my opinion.
0: And, Doug, we haven't talked about it a great deal as of late, but I want to bring it up since we got into dual boots and operating systems, etc. Older machines, and people are sitting on older machines at home Uh, There are operating systems that can operate and operate uh, very nicely on older machines, and people should consider that. And as we get into winter, uh, it might be a good project for someone to take on to breathe new life into an old computer with an operating system like Linux. Let's let's talk about that a little bit and, and how people can get started.
2: You know, it's interesting that you bring this up, Steve. I can't remember the last time I talked to somebody and they had one computer. Almost everybody today has already upgraded, and they've got something laying around that they could play around with. It's just, just incredible how many that are probably stuck in a closet doing nothing. If nothing else, a backup machine. But the older equipment, you could use Linux Mint, or there's a number of distributions that will go good. And if you go to distrowatch.com, D-I-S-T-R-O-W-A-T-C-H.com distrowatch. It lists out almost every distribution there is, gives you kind of what they're after, what their high points are, their strong points, and every one of them that is capable of running an older machine with less resources, it will tell you right on that page. So you can go through the list and download them and play around and get this thing right down pat. Uh, Linux Mint, if you're going to go with an older machine, I would suggest the XFCE desktop. It's very lightweight, very, very fast. Now, I even put that on new computers because I like the speed and I like the efficiency. Yeah, there's really no reason in the world today why people shouldn't have a couple of machines running. Now, with that said, I would always recommend that you spend 20 $30 and get a solid-state drive. Your installation is going to be so much faster. In fact, the whole operation of the machine will be faster. But that is a big, big part of this. And I think that you could take your old drive out, set it aside, now you don't have to worry about your data, pop in your solid state drive and do a fresh install of Linux and then start to learn about how to put Windows on and how to do a Mac. You can run a Mac on a PC as well. Worst case scenario, you would use virtual machine inside of Linux. But that's going to take a little bit beefier machine. I encourage this behavior. The more they know about computers... Steve, the better off everybody else is. It's just the way to go.
0: Yeah, and as far as an old machine, say you have a newer computer or a Chromebook and you have that old machine, you you talked about doing a clean install. Is it possible to just put Linux on that machine and be able to get on the Internet that you really don't need to do much else than that?
3: Oh,
2: absolutely. That's probably the cleanest way to go. And, And Linux, if you've got 256 megabytes of RAM, you're good to go. Uh, if you got 512, or Ben, I like to see a minimum of a gig. Two gigs is better, just like any other OS. Your operating system, the more memory, the more random access memory you can give that, the better it's going to run. It, it's just a fact of life. But if you put a solid state drive in there, a normal oh, 10, 12-year-old computer, you pop in a solid state drive, you put in Linux Mint XFCE 64-bit, and you get this thing tweaked up. You turn it on, and generally within less than 30 seconds, you're booted and ready to go. It will run circles on the Internet. Just do a perfect job. won't require any antivirus or any malware. Just fire it up and make sure you're up to date. Get three or four browsers and let the good times roll. Almost every distribution I know of comes with LibreOffice Office Suite. Don't have to worry about that. Just a ton of software that you can do. Uh, video conferencing anything you can do with Windows or a Mac, you can do with a Linux machine as well nice yeah just, it's really it 's the answer, and I can 't encourage people to do this I just can 't give them enough encouragement. take the time it 's well worth it, and especially when it 's cold weather. What else have we got to do it 's Minnesota might yeah. as well get some learning in
0: yeah why, why why when you get that snow cleaned up if you 've got to do that sort of thing, then uh maybe refurb an old computer and from our text line, I just installed Linux mint cinnamon 20.2 on a second older pc easy very nice so it is doable uh to to get this done and once again we we talk about it all the time keeping old equipment running it's perfectly fine maybe you can't get the latest and greatest windows and so on and so forth but uh linux is a great option on those machines
2: oh no question about that and uh cinnamon that's uh, actually a lot more graphical than most. That's, uh, that, that is uh, the flagship of Linux Mint, if you will. That desktop is, that takes more resources than XFCE. Um, or, uh, and then there's two other ones. Uh, the, um, uh, but XFCE, I really like that for older machines. Now, once they've got Cinnamon installed, you can tweak it some. But you'll, you won't get the speed out of that on an older machine that you will, the, the lighter desktops just really is the answer. I'm really glad to hear that people are getting involved in this. That's a good thing.
0: Yeah, good news indeed. Uh, speaking of our text line, the number is 651 461 You can call the studio as well and talk to Carrie. She'll put you through, and we'll get you on the air. Um, Doug, do you find that Carbonite starts backups whenever it pleases, ignoring the set times, and locks up the machine?
2: This is the first time I've heard of this. This is, um I think that uh, Carbonite would be really interested in hearing about this. That's uh, generally when you get something set, unless the time is off on your, on your internal clock, I just can't see how that could take place. But like I say, things are changing. God only knows what's happening today. But I would certainly think that if I had a paid subscription to Carbonite, I would be shooting them an email and say, I need some help with this. You... I gotta believe that somebody would get back to you and say you need some special attention. We want to see that machine. Something's off with that. This is the first I've heard of this. It's uh, and it could have come up last week or the week before, but I would have them check into that. They're gonna to want to know about this kind of thing for sure, for sure.
0: Yeah, usually those those paid services, and we preach backup, 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 and Carbonite is one of those. that has been around a long time. That. Those are usually pretty solid and pretty reliable. They'll, they'll back up when you want to and not be trying to back up at other times.
2: Well, you know, their whole reputation is, is consistency and stability. Yeah, i, I got to believe that somebody there is going to say, listen, our reputation is on the line here. We need to know what's going on here. That's a that's a no-brainer there. I'd get a hold of them, The tech support so fast it'd scare you. They're going to want to know about
0: this. All right, quick break. We'll come back with more here on Tech Talk. And the number again, 651-461-9226. You want to keep that handy because it's good for all our programs, whether you want to send in a text or call the program. That's seven days a week here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Tech Talk can one 461-9226, 461-9226, you can text as well, 651-461-9226. Uh, Doug, here's one, and it has more to do with uh, televisions, uh, which in reality now are, are monitors, because a lot of people are streaming content on onto their televisions or, or video monitors. And mm-hmm. it was about uh, coax and... I have not heard this, but uh, they're wondering, are they getting rid of coax cable uh, outlets on newer TVs? I have not heard that, and I have not seen that for a couple of reasons. What I do know about coax, most homes are wired with coax cable to get an antenna signal, whether that's cable TV or an outside antenna, uh, through the house uh, to your television set, so I have not heard that I, I bought a TV maybe a year ago or a large monitor and it yeah. still it's still had a coax outlet on it:
2: yeah uh, an HDMI is might be actually taking the place of Coax inside the house but as you know, uh, Xfinity, their whole network is built on coax and if people don't happen to have an outside router or if they you can go right straight to the TV with that. If I was going to buy a TV today, I would actually be more concerned to make certain that it had an Ethernet port for sure and Wi-Fi. Uh, but coax, I can't imagine why they just couldn't put it in in addition. But the number of HDMI ports that you have would be the most critical in my opinion. It's, um, I haven't heard of this either, I, I, but you know, I don't spend a lot of time in the TV market. But it's very possible they're going to be phasing that out.
0: Yeah, and I, I haven't seen it as of late or heard about it, but you're right, HDMI, Ethernet, uh, big ones. And I doubt there's a television being sold today that doesn't have some sort of Wi-Fi capability because streaming is such a big deal and being able to get, say, Netflix and those sorts of things. Um, I, I just can't imagine... Uh, most televisions are going to have all of those inputs. But Doug's absolutely right. HDMI is a must. Ethernet's a must. Wi-Fi capability is a must. And I still think coax. Because, once again, my house was built a number of years ago. um, Well, it was built in the 50s, but it was retrofitted with coax uh, to get cable TV a long time ago. No, I don't have cable. But I do have a small antenna on the roof to pull in the free over-the-air channels that are available and the coax works great. As a matter of fact, uh, here in my little studio, I have got uh, an older Vizio that is running off of coax from an antenna on the roof, and yeah. I'm getting a beautiful picture right now—the Army-Navy game on CBS for absolutely free. So coax uh, still viable. And, and coax, by the way, is just a copper, an insulated copper wire—is what it is, Doug.
2: Yeah, these—you um, the, know—this over-the-air uh, antennas. This coax being in the house is just a godsend. You don't have to worry about running it through the walls. And everything's all put in. So, yeah, I, I would absolutely, if I was going to build a new house, I would still put in coax. I really would. Uh, coax, Ethernet, HDMI, and telephones today. It wouldn't be just two drops. It would be a total of four at each, at each location.
0: Yeah, b- because uh, it, it gives you so much flexibility because the the home, uh, was retrofitted also once upon a time with uh, telephone wire but but that's what CenturyLink still operates on L- oh, sure. literally we're, we're getting our internet through the old phone line which is a copper wire as well it, it's just a little bit different technology than what say xfinity or comcast is using right now but it's still copper wire technology for all practical purposes Oh, DSL
2: is, is, is absolutely fascinating
0: technology, what they've done with the,
2: with, the, with the telephone lines. And even though we look at uh, uh, Comcast, as, uh, Xfinity is 400, 800 megabits per second, and CenturyLink at 40, you'd be surprised how close they are in real-world usage. It, there's this little thing called latency, and it's much less latency with a DSL line than there is with a coax. Uh, you've got the star configuration versus the piggyback throughout the whole network. Uh, there's some serious advantages to DSL, and I, I would like to, uh, to to just mention that I think that that should be a real consideration. If you have the opportunity to get both, um, check them both out. And, of course, now Starlink's going to be all wireless, and Bluetooth technology is increasing in popularity, which that also is becoming more and more stable. So, yeah, we live in interesting times. That's for absolute certain.
0: We we have had a number of calls on Starlink, and I want to take a moment uh, here to talk about Starlink. Elon Musk is building this constellation of low-level satellites that will beam internet uh, anywhere. Uh, you don't necessarily need to live in a rural area to get it, even though they're targeting areas that are underserved or have no broadband access. That that's the initial market, but I believe the intention is is to compete. Right here in the heart of the Twin Cities metro area with all the providers, CenturyLink, uh, Xfinity, or or anybody else that provides Internet service, I believe once they get this thing and and they continue to have launches and they do make the news headlines, where where they continue to build this low-level satellite network, and once they have that up and running and available in 2022 that that could be a real game changer and if you live out in the country or have a cabin up north where you want connection this is going to be the only way to go
2: oh absolutely this is um (laughs) you you mentioned this it's it's absolutely going to be a force to be reckoned with and in addition to the internet this pi phone (laughs) which the whole phone if you have a a tesla phone it's going to be a Linux-based phone, I believe. So you're not going to have to deal with Android or iOS. Uh, it's supposed to be much more private. Oh, you combine that with Internet? Yes. I think that you're going to have some, uh, some of the big corporations are going to be looking at that real, real close. I can't wait. Roll it out. They can't get it out fast enough. Because, you know, from our perspective, Steve, competition is a good thing. We'll end up getting better service at less money and have more flexibility, and have more choices, and things are just going to roll in the right direction, I believe. And maybe I'm over-optimistic, but I I truly believe this is going to be a, a boon, not just to the country, but the entire planet. What I, what's going to be interesting for me with this Starlink is let's suppose that I've got a camper, and I'm going traveling, and I'm going to travel all of North America. Am I going to be able to pick up that signal all the, all the time I'm on the road? Is it going to automatically switch To I don't know. This is going to be real cool technology as it comes out. I am looking forward to watching this thing develop. And I think that before too long, we're going to see several other companies pop up with the the same type of wireless solution. So this is a good thing. It's a good thing for all of us.
0: Quick break. We have more tech talk coming up. Here is the number, 651-461-9226. Six five one four six one nine two two six, 651 461 and uh, we're going to come back, talk about uh, an HP laptop that someone's trying to get rid of and what do they need to do to get her prepared to give away, and we'll get Doug's thoughts on that. And uh, we also have a follow-up on the carbonite issue, the, the paid service to back up your data. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have a follow-up on that as well uh, after the weather. Here on News Talk, E3O-WCCO. 2.34 on a Saturday, bright sunshine as we clean up following that major snow event that moved through on Friday and Friday night. And here on Tech Talk, you can talk to Doug about your computer problems, hardware, software, whatever, 651-461-9226. And let's go to those phone lines. Rick in Coon Rapids, you're on the air with Doug. Hello.
3: Yeah, Doug, I have a question about uh, two things that were in the news uh, maybe three or four years ago. The first was that, well, actually you were saying that the Internet was just about out of capacity. So I'm wondering what happened there. And I'm wondering also uh, in the news they were saying that they they were working on a deal to completely uh, double or quadruple the speed of DSL to equal cable. So what happened there?
2: Uh, th- what they're really looking at with the DSL, if I, my understanding is correct, is compressions. Um, Comcast Xfinity has done so much in the area of compressing data, and DSL would like to do that something similar. But at the same time, and as far as capacity, that I don't know if I would actually talk in terms of that word. Be aware that there are thousands and thousands of pieces of equipment that are being replaced by the day. When I'm talking about being overtaxed, it's probably has more to do with how much traffic is happening at peak hours, at peak times, and how that traffic is being routed. There's been major changes as to localizing a lot of our internet traffic over the past decade and a half to two decades, which has taken a lot of pressure off. So some of those network packets 40 years ago would go around the planet five, six times before it got to a website that you were issuing, that you were calling upon. So I don't think that's near the issue that it was. Plus, with the amount of wireless that's coming up here, I think that the majority of that stress will be taken off that equipment. Uh, DSL and the speed of DSL. The thing about DSL is once you get this thing configured, my experience has been that it is just rock solid, stable, and it just runs almost the same speed all the time, where you don't have the highs and the lows that you have with, with a cable configuration. With Comcast, if I run a speed test, the first say my computer's laid there idle for 30 seconds, two, three minutes, and I pull up a speed test, the first speed test is about oh, ten to twenty percent of the next one. But now with with Xfinity, once you get that pipe opened up, she's a screamer. But I may not see that, that speed increase until the third or the fourth test. And then, of course, different times of day. Xfinity has so many subscribers in North America that traffic seems to have a lot bigger impact on the users than DSL does. And... Be aware, this is my opinion, and a lot of the stuff that goes on here is way above my pay grade. The, these router gods are doing their best to keep everybody running, and if people think that they're throttling their bandwidth, making it go down, and if that that doesn't do them any good, because that traffic's got to go through their system sooner or later anyway. So it's not like they make money when they slow us down. In fact, the opposite is true. Uh, with that said, I think that Xfinity is under... A lot of pressure today from cable cutters. They're losing dollars from that, and we're talking big dollars, not little. And I'm hoping that it won't impact our service. Um, I actually increased my internet when I stopped my TV trying to make up for part of that. And I want to be fair. I don't expect anything for free. But as we go forward, these little issues are going to come up a lot. If you've got a stable DSL line and you're running off of the fiber optics line, You've got a tremendous connection. You really do. The, the numbers really, there's more to it than just this is your download speed. Much, much more to it. And I think that it's important that people realize that. Uh, you can't really judge them head to head by the numbers. You just can't do that. Your real world experience is truly what matters. And I think DSL does a lot better job than what most people give them credit for. That's my opinion. And thank you for the call. I hope that helps.
0: Yeah, good call, Rick. Thanks uh, for that. And you can call the program, 651-461-9226, 651-461-9226. And let's let's jump back to that Carbonite. Uh, Apparently, Carbonite tried to fix it. Uh, They were checking on the clock on the computer. That's correct. Uh, They reinstalled. But that didn't fix it. So something really weird's going on. It is. Um, I'm going to ask these
2: people to give me a call either yep. today or tomorrow or sometime Monday. I'd like to take a peek at this. So, something is definitely off. And I ran a search while we were in between on the commercial. And I'm not seeing anything where there's thousands and thousands of customers complaining sure. about this. So I think this is insula- isolated. I think it's a, it's, an, it's a rare anomaly that's happening.
0: Now, we bring up backups all the time, and we don't need to do a deep dive on this, but I do want to talk about it for a moment. Carbonite is one service. There are many good ones out there, and if if you can't remember or you're away from your computer, this is a wonderful way. I don't want to spend people's money, but uh, these paid services generally do a very good job.
2: Oh, exceptional. Well, uh, oh, there's SugarSync and iDrive
0: and Google Drive,
2: and, and there are just a number of You know, I'm trying to remember the the big one in Minneapolis. Uh, backup service. Crash plan, I believe. I think it is. Well, in Southwest.
0: Yes, yes, it is. That
2: That's a tremendous service as well. You get these things happening, and once they're set up, you just keep in mind that these people's reputation, this is their business. This is their entire business. They don't ever want to lose one bit or byte or one particle of data ever. And if it's set up, you know, thinking about this one where the time is off makes me wonder if it's on a network and we don't have it running on more than one computer. That also could be a real confusing part for this, for any time that you've got this integration going on. But it's um, I want to see that computer. This one's got me mind boggled. It's got my interest.
0: Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of good services. It is a great option if, if you're worried that you're not going to remember to regularly back up uh, your data. Let's jump uh, to the text line and get to another one. I have an HP laptop with Windows 8. It's about seven years old. It won't let me install updates, even automatic ones. Starts to do updates, and after a few minutes, uh, it, it stops. Couldn't complete updates. Undoing changes. What could be going on here?
2: We see a lot of that with uh, uh, older Windows machines. And this would be a prime example where you'd want to run it through several normal maintenance. Uh, If you don't have CCleaner, I'd put that on immediately. You might even be able to run Provisor on there, but I don't think it would run properly. Empty your caches in all your browsers. Make sure you run ADW Cleaner. You'll get to the bottom of it. But at this particular point, to consider a fresh install would be really, really good. If you wanted to keep 8, you can still reinstall 8. Once you update to 10, that will invalidate that Windows 8 license. So if you haven't done that, you should be in great shape. But we see a lot of that with older Windows machines. Just getting rid of the old temporary files would be huge. And you can open up a run box and type in clean MGR, no spaces. C L E A N M G R, and clean out all them temp files and the past Windows setup files, that alone might just straighten it out. And Microsoft has a number of tools that you can run as well. But on that particular age of machine, if it was me, I would do a fresh install. Might be a good idea to buy a SSD drive for 30 bucks and just do it right. But yeah, this is the pretty common. And I think most people at this particular point in our internet experience and computer experience, if you will, I think that most people should have at least one person in the house that's comfortable doing a complete fresh install, regardless of the operating system, whether it be a Mac or Windows or Linux. And this kind of thing can happen to, to all OSs. But it's a, a easy fix, easy, easy.
0: Okay, let's uh, go to the phone lines here on Tech Talk. David Minneapolis, you're on the air with Doug. Hello.
1: Hi. Thank you for taking the call. I have a Hewlett Packard 6958 printer scanner which worked perfectly good and then it was running low on ink and I bought new ink and I buy the HP ink and I put it in and it, it won't print black and I went through the whole I looked up on YouTube trying to figure out how to clean it and do whatever needed to be done that I could do and it just flat doesn't print i bought a second set of uh inks thinking it would maybe there was a quality problem with my black ink but it still doesn't work
2: yeah just having the black go like that that's kind of strange that i think would probably be like um a pcb uh um uh pc board i don't think it's the print head because it would be all colors but that um that if you're sure you've taken a Q-tip and put a little bit of alcohol and cleaned all those jets.
0: 234 on a Saturday, bright sunshine as we clean up, following that major snow event that moved through on Friday and Friday night. And here on Tech Talk, you can talk to Doug about your computer problems, hardware, software, whatever, 651 461 And let's go to those phone lines. Rick in Coon Rapids, you're on the air with Doug. Hello.
3: Yeah, Doug, I have a question about uh, two things that were in the news uh, maybe three or four years ago. The first was that, well, actually you were saying that the Internet was just about out of capacity. So I'm wondering what happened there. And I'm wondering also uh, in the news they were saying that they, they were working on a deal to Completely uh, double or quadruple the speed of DSL to equal cable. So, what happened there?
2: Uh, th-
3: what they're really looking at with the DSL, if I, my understanding is correct,
2: is compressions. Um, Comcast Xfinity has done so much in the area of compressing data, and DSL would like to do that, something similar. But at the same time, and as far as capacity, that, I don't know if I would actually talk in terms of that word. Be aware that there are thousands and thousands of pieces of equipment that are being replaced by the day. When I'm talking about being overtaxed, it's probably has more to do with how much traffic is happening at peak hours, at peak times, and how that traffic is being routed. There's been major changes as to localizing a lot of our Internet traffic over the past decade and a half to two decades, which has taken a lot of pressure off. So Some of those network packets 40 years ago would go around the planet five, six times before it got to a website that you were issuing, that you were calling upon. So I don't think that's near the issue that it was. Plus, with the amount of wireless that's coming up here, I think that the majority of that stress will be taken off that equipment. Uh, DSL and the speed of DSL. The thing about DSL is once you get this thing configured, my experience has been that it is just rock solid stable and it just runs almost the same speed all the time where you don't have the highs and the lows that you have with, with a cable configuration. With Comcast, if I run a speed test, the first, say my computer's laid there idle for 30 seconds, two, three minutes, and I pull up a speed test, the first speed test, is about 10 to 20% of the next one. But now with with Xfinity, once you get that pipe opened up, she's a screamer. But I may not see that that speed increase until the third or the fourth test. And then of course, different times a day. Xfinity has so many subscribers in North America that traffic seems to have a lot bigger impact on the users than DSL does. And be aware, this is my opinion, and a lot of the stuff that goes on here is way above my pay grade. These router gods are doing their best to keep everybody running. And if people think that they're throttling their bandwidth, making it go down, and if that, that doesn't do them any good because that traffic has got to go through their system sooner or later anyway. So it's not like they make money when they slow us down. In fact, the opposite is true. Uh, With that said, I think that Xfinity is under a lot of pressure today from cable cutters. They're losing dollars from that, and we're talking big dollars, not little. And I'm hoping that it won't impact our service. Um, I actually increased my internet when I stopped my TV trying to make up for part of that. And I want to be fair. I I don't expect anything for free. But as we go forward, these little issues are going to come up a lot. If you've got a stable DSL line and you're running off of the fiber optics line, you've got a tremendous connection. You really do. The, the numbers really, there's more to it than just this is your download speed. Much, much more to it. And I think that it's important that people realize that. Uh, you can't really judge them head to head by the numbers. You just can't do that. Your real world experience is truly what matters. And I think DSL does a lot better job than what most people give them credit for. That's my opinion. And thank you for the call. I hope that helps.
0: Yeah, good call, Rick. Thanks uh, for that. And you can call the program, 651-461-9226, 651-461-9226. And let's let's jump back to that Carbonite. Uh, Apparently Carbonite tried to fix it. Uh, they were checking on the clock on the computer. That's correct. Uh, they reinstalled, but that didn't fix it. So something really weird's going on. It is. Um, I'm going to ask these people to give me a call either yep. today or tomorrow or
2: sometime Monday. I'd like to take a peek at this. So, something is definitely off. And I ran a search while we were in between on the commercial, and I'm not seeing anything where there's thousands and thousands of customers complaining sure. about this. So I think this is insula- isolated. I think it's a, it's an, a... It's a rare anomaly that's happening.
0: Now, we, we bring up backups all the time, and, and we don't need to do a deep dive on this, but I do want to talk about it for a moment. Carbonite is one service. There are many good ones out there. And if, if you can't remember or you're away from your computer, this is a wonderful way. I don't want to spend people's money, but uh, these paid services generally do a very good job.
2: Oh, exceptional. Uh, oh, there's SugarSync and iDrive and Google Drive, and, and there are just a number of You know, I'm trying to remember the, the big one in Minneapolis, uh, backup service. Crash plan, I believe. I think it is. Well,
3: yes, yes, it is. That, that's
2: a tremendous service as well. You get these things happening, and once they're set up, you just keep in mind that these people's reputation, this is their business. This is their entire business. They don't ever want to lose one bit or byte or one particle of data ever. And if it's set up, you know, thinking about this one where the time is off makes me wonder if it's on a network and we don't have it running on more than one computer. That also could be a real confusing part for this, for um, any time that you've got this integration going on. But it's. um, I want to see that computer. This one's got me mind boggled. It's got my interest.
0: Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of good services. It is a great option if, if you're worried that you're not going to remember to regularly back up uh, your data. Let's jump uh, to the text line and get to another one. I have an HP laptop with Windows 8. It's about seven years old. It won't let me install updates, even automatic ones. Starts to do updates, and after a few minutes, uh, it, it stops. Couldn't complete updates. Undoing changes. What could be going on here?
2: We see a lot of that with uh, uh, older Windows machines. And this would be a prime example where you'd want to run it through several normal maintenance. Uh, If you don't have CCleaner, I'd put that on immediately. You might even be able to run Provisor on there, but I don't think it would run properly. Empty your caches in all your browsers. Make sure you run ADW Cleaner. You'll get to the bottom of it. But at this particular point, to consider a fresh install would be really, really good. If you wanted to keep 8, you can still reinstall 8. Once you update to 10, that will invalidate that Windows 8 license. So if you haven't done that, you should be in great shape. But we see a lot of that with older Windows machines. Just getting rid of the old temporary files would be huge. And you can open up a run box and type in clean MGR, no spaces. C L E A N M G R and clean out all them temp files and the past Windows setup files. That alone might just straighten it out. And Microsoft has a number of tools that you can run as well. But on that particular age of machine, if it was me, I would do a fresh install. Might be a good idea to buy a SSD drive for 30 bucks and just do it right. But yeah, this is pretty common. And I think most people at this particular point in our internet experience and computer experience, if you will, I think that most people should have at least one person in the house that's comfortable doing a complete fresh install, regardless of the operating system, whether it be a Mac or Windows or Linux. And this kind of thing can happen to, to all OSs. But it's a, a easy fix. Easy,
0: easy. Okay. Let's uh, go to the phone lines here on Tech Talk. David Minneapolis you're on the air with Doug. Hello.
1: Hi. Thank you for taking the call. I have a Hewlett Packard 6958 printer scanner which worked perfectly good and then it was running low on ink and I bought new ink and I buy the HP ink and I put it in and it, it won't print black and I went through the whole I looked up on YouTube trying to figure out how to clean it and do whatever needed to be done that I could do and it just flat doesn't print. I bought a second set of uh, inks thinking it would, maybe there was a quality problem with my black ink, but it still doesn't work.
2: Yeah, Just having the black go like that, that's kind of strange. That I think would probably be like um, a PCB, a uh, um, uh, BC board. I don't think it's the print head because it would be all colors. But that, um, that, if you're sure you've taken a Q-tip and put a little bit of alcohol and cleaned all those jets
1: and, and and
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's
1: largest 5G network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. It's